Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Business Boys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the week off, but uh, Spence and I needed it after a very fun and eventful bachelor party. We will not go into details as we were sworn to secrecy and sign a non-confidentiality, mm-hmm. non-disclosure agreement. Just kidding. But uh, we're back. We're back in action. Drink in hand. Uh, I got my tequila soda with uh, fresh grown mint in it. Spence, what you drinking? How you doing? I'm doing excellent. It was a great time at the bachelor party. I think I might have killed a few brain cells in the process, but it was definitely worth it. I'm drinking a delicious Land Shark Lager. It's my new favorite summer beer. It is superior than Corona and Sol, in my opinion. Just goes down so smooth. So uh, I'm pounding back two pints of that because, uh, you know, you've chugged a lot on this show, and uh, I feel like I haven't chugged enough. You were super right on peloton i think we might have bet on that i was wrong i'm an idiot should have listened to you <laughs> so uh i'll chug my first glass here while you uh kick us off oh. with some news all right well first and foremost it is absolutely fantastic having basketball on during the day what a genius idea by the nba to put on some during the day basketball while everyone's working from home i've been indulging you brought up Corona. So definitely one thing that I haven't seen in forever uh, is commercials. Holy shit. I forgot about commercials and they're all like COVID friendly now. Everyone's got the masks on like in you the commercials. commercials. I like a good commercial, but I don't like... Okay, best commercial I've seen so far while watching Ball is the new Corona Snoop Dogg commercial. Been loving that one. He just makes me laugh, man. What a star. And then... What I don't like about commercials is I'm sitting here working and I always get like, like I'm a, like I'm a bored eater, you know, I like to eat when I'm bored and I'm watching NBA and it's just food commercial after food commercial. It's like pizza and crisp, like, you know, my weakness is crispy chicken, man. And, and I get those spicy crispy chicken Wendy's commercials and, oh, I just want to sn- promoting skip the dishes. I just want to snack, man. I love to snack. But um, yeah, big Raptors win today. Came from behind. Nice hard-fought victory against the Nets. I so put what's some up? Key- I, I, know you, I know you laid some money on the uh, Portland Trailblazers beating your Lakers last night. Was that a uh, reverse psychology bet or you're just like, fuck you, LeBron. I'm going against you. Yeah, first and foremost, they're not my Lakers anymore. Um, I, I'm not in agreement with the team, you know. I love, I was a huge Kobe fan all my life. That's how I started as a Lakers fan. And then I loved them when they had like, uh, like I love the young squad they had. I was down for them to like keep triumphing with the, with like when they had, um, and Lonzo. Yeah, D'Angelo, Lonzo, Ingram, Ingram, Julius Randle, uh, like Kyle Kuzma. Like they had some dope guys. And Ingram, and Ingram's coming into his own this year from the little basketball I've watched. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was down for them to just because you know it's as people always say it's not about the result, it's about the it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And I yeah. was definitely down to journey with those with those boys. I love them, but you know it's it is what it is. And uh, Miley Cyrus, and I'm not a Lakers fine. fan anymore because I don't like them. So right now I, I'm a Dame's been on fire. I put some money down on Dame, and they won last night. And I'm really hoping for a Raptors Trailblazers final. A because Dame's sick. B because 
I love Mellow. How you heard it. I love <laughs> Mellow. I hope he wins a ship, man. Yeah. I I'm I'm in agreement with you there. I've been uh I've been watching more baseball, not as much uh, basketball and hockey, but man, it's great to have sports back. Oh yeah, it's very nice. I find it's also nice to like put a game on and like you can do other shit too. Like, oh, commercial break. Let me go do the laundry. Like, oh, do a little work. Do a little of this. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Probably dipping my productivity during the day, but that's all right. A little, a little dip. Never hurt nobody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. S- speaking of speaking of odds and bets, who, who you got? Uh, Big Donnie. He's the underdog right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. For those of you who think I'm just uh, really stupid and can't pronounce everything, it's just because I read everything. I don't watch like videos, and so I'm I'm like reading it in my own voice, and that's why I, <laughs> I mispronounce absolutely everything. Um, but yeah, uh, she is the vice president uh, with Biden. Um, she was, I think, the favorite, so it's kind of a uh, a chalk uh, pick, I guess you could say. Um, you know, definitely going to get probably uh, a lot of the African American vote and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, right now, you know, Trump's odds are keep improvement improving with uh, as the economy. Well, sorry, as the stock market improves, um, I think he's at plus one twenty five now. Um, still the underdog. We know Big Don thrives as the underdog, but uh, definitely the uh, Democrats are the favorite. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really close. I really think the Democrats should win, uh, given all the dumb shit Trump said in that. But uh, I, I do think I, I, I just think Trump's going to win again. I mean, it's it's really hard for a president not to get elected to two terms uh, if you go back throughout history. So uh, I'll roll with the underdog. I'll throw another beer on it, which, uh, by the way, if you saw me chug, it, it was a huge fail. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah i don't want to say anything i'll throw uh, i'll throw another beer on on the big don as the underdog yeah all right all this right. is just what i think is gonna happen you know yeah and it's i think it's all like i don't want to get into it too much but um i've just seen people saying like kamala was uh like an obvious choice and the democrats are playing it very like you know very safe waiting for trump to make his own mistakes and that's kind of what they're banking on i don't that know if- smart yeah, it's probably smart. I don't know if that's a winner's approach or not, but, uh, you know, that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, um, Joe Biden, they're saying like, he might not even, if they win, he might not even finish the four years and Kamala might take over. He would be the oldest president. Uh, he would be 78 on inauguration day. So mm-hmm. climb, climb in the ladder for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess you're, you're rolling with the Democrats. I'm well, where's the fun? If I just pick the same side as you, it's like, there we you both go. have to chug a beer. I'm like, nah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go Democrat. I guess. And, uh, some quick, uh, Canada news as, uh, Bill Morneau has resigned as finance minister. Looks like another one of Trudeau's fall guys. Um, you know, a little bit of a scandal going on where he, uh, he went on a family vacation as part of his daughter working for a non-profit and he ended up paying back the money but yeah I, I don't know um Chrystia Freeland is the new finance minister she's the first female finance minister in Canada which is awesome 
And uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, if, uh, you know, the deficit's getting big, nowhere near the states, but if they're going to maybe uh, be a little bit more aggressive with the uh, stimulus plan coming out of COVID, or if they're just going to keep spending a ton on uh, green initiatives, which I think is great, but I think, it, you know, there's a time and place for that, especially as we have a, a crisis like this on our hand. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, too, in uh, Canada. Good old Canucks. Yeah. Your boy, our boy, our lover boy, Ryan Reynolds, in the news again for Aviation Gin. Yeah, what a Making a, beast. a big sale. Guys, the man sold, uh, I think we brought up on this podcast how hilarious uh, the commercials were. But uh, yeah, he... He's, he was uh, invested in aviation gin. It's like a premium gin uh, a few years ago. Don't know exactly how much percentage he owns of that, but they ended up selling for $610 million to... <laughs> I always read it as Diego. I think it's like Diagio. You want to help me out on this? Diagio. <laughs> Diagio. Yeah. Diablo. It's- is it the biggest alcohol? I think it's the second biggest alcohol company in the world. They just own so many freaking brands, especially in the hard liquor category. Um, yeah, they own, they own a few ones. other. I forget gin. them off the top of my head. They own a few other gin brands already. Yeah, yeah I saw that they own Tanqueray, which is like the Tanqueray is like that perfect middle ground. You know, it's like you don't want like Gordon's is like the like you know, <laughs> they own Gordon's shit. too. Yeah, Gordon's yeah. nineteen ninety nine for a bottle. <laughs> Yeah, Gordon's is like the cheap one, but if someone says like, oh, speed rail, I got Tanker A, like fucking sign me up for that shit all night, you know? I don't need to pay for that premium shit when I got Tanker A. <laughs> yeah. I think they also own like Johnny Walker and uh, Guinness, a bunch of other companies, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds, he's the fucking man and just got a lot richer and... What was I- the thing where he was like apologizing to people? Because like he, he was like he didn't really know what a cash out was or some shit like that, and it's gonna take him a while to get his money or something like that. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't read that. But yeah, he's he's like a brand ambassador kind of brought on and yeah, did a freaking good job at it. Those commercials yeah, are hilarious. Yeah. So um, good for him, and uh, probably a good deal for Diego. It looks like delicious gin. I haven't tried it. Yeah, me neither. Been drinking too much Gordon's gin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, a few other uh, little tidbits. We had uh, Putin come out and say that Russia has a uh, working COVID vaccine, which just sounds sketchy um, right away from the bat. Says uh, it worked on his daughter or his daughter used it and it worked successfully. Um just kind of came out of left field, you know, we've seen in the States, like all the companies working on it, they're going through phase one, two, a lot of them are in phase three right now, uh, with vigorous testing going on. So, uh, yeah, I'm very skeptical. <laughs> yeah. It. It's called are, Sputnik I, five, which is hilarious too. I, I, as are a lot of people, like uh, a lot of people are like, I wouldn't fucking take that shit. Um, you know, they're saying like, okay, cool. Commendable if you're giving it to your members of your family, but it doesn't, that's that's not that doesn't justify it or replace a test. So essentially, there's three phases vaccines go through. Uh, phase one and two, they're like, yeah, we did it, but there's no test results yet. So until people see test results, they're not really going to take it seriously. Um, and then they they launch some kind of 
program emergency thing where they can skip step three or phase three, but um, apparently they're going through it now. So a lot of people are kind of holding off and saying like, like, yeah, sure. Like we have ones that probably work too, but it's got to go through the proper testing. Um, so yeah, people are kind of sketched out, but other countries are saying, you know, like, yeah, I want to buy it. Let's go. I think Israel it. and Mexico have expressed interest. The states yeah. um, politely declined. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll give you further updates as they come. Yeah, on that one. But seems pretty, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, jumping into some uh, some older news. That, well, not older news, but we kind of talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, that Kodak was back. The Kodak Kodak loan. Tech. Kodak attack. What are those bears called? Kodiak bears? The big, the, the, the big scary ones? The biggest bear? Like a grizzly bear? Polar bear? Nah, it's a Kodiak bear, man. Never heard of that. But uh, yeah, their, their loan is on hold uh, for potential insider trading activity. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the stock has come crashing back down to earth. It's it's pretty much sums up the uh, mar- behavior in the stock market right now, in my opinion. And you know, I, I wrote a decent uh, quarterly commentary on the website about what's happening in the stock market and why there's such a disconnect with the economy. And I think like some of it is justifiable. I'm just going to go on a little one minute rant here. I think a lot of it's justifiable. Like a lot of the biggest companies in the uh, stock market right now are actually benefiting during uh, COVID. You know, a lot of them are technology companies and with the work from home and like e-commerce or uh, if they're like data center, cloud companies, they're, they're actually getting insane uh, volume right now, insane demand for their products and services. And uh, that's why you have like the indices at such all times highs highs is because these companies are thriving right now. That being said, that like two two things can also be true. Like there's also insane speculation going on, and uh, this kind of sums it up. And you know the Apple and Tesla, which both recently announced stock splits, uh, Apple four four for one and Tesla five for one. And you see those stocks rallying off stock splits. People think it's people don't understand a stock split really doesn't affect like the actual value of a company they just think with the stock getting cheaper like it's gonna keep going up higher but that's but that's what it is right the the reason behind a a stock split is to make the stock cheaper so more people can buy it if i'm yeah that's the benefit of it yeah i'm not uh, disagreeing with them splitting their stocks but it it should not rally a stock in any way shape or form especially now when like robin hood offers you the ability to buy fractional shares which is I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. But yeah, I think like Amazon should definitely uh, split their stock. Like three thousand dollars, thirty-two hundred dollars for one Amazon stock. It's it's kind of tough for retail investors, smaller investors, to own more than like one or two of them, and have a balanced portfolio. So I'm in favor of the stock split, but um, it just kind of sums up the ridiculous. It doesn't mean that you should just jump on. on it. It's still yeah. valued at the same. Same yeah. price. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and speaking of Apple, there's there's some a pretty big beef. <laughs> Smell that beef? There's some pretty big beef going on right now <laughs> with... Uh, oh, man. Remember we used to go... Uh, what was that? La Milsa in Montreal. Oh, yeah. Like all-you-can-eat yeah. beef. 
like oh. Portuguese meats, and they yeah. bring it to you on the oh fuck, mama, various delicious shit. meats on skewers. Yeah, but uh, Epic Games best known for uh, Fortnite, which absolutely everyone plays except for probably me and you. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> they're also behind the Unreal Engine, Unreal Gaming Engine, um, which is if you heard of the games like Unreal Tournament, Unreal Championship, they're pretty awesome uh, old computer games in that. But the Unreal Engine is actually used by a lot of developers and smaller game studios to create new games for for a lot of platforms, especially like iOS. Um, But anyways, uh, Apple has banned them from their App Store and and Google has too. They've kabooted them. And uh, Epic has (laughs) retaliated, launched a a lawsuit against Apple. Basically what happened is Epic tried to... uh, go against the app store payment and google google store payment and have direct payments um on their app for cheaper for like in-game purchases and obviously apple said you know this is in disagreement with our with the agreement we signed with you guys we need our 30 percent for listing you in the app store and uh so they have booted them from their app store epic 30 percent so much man yeah and this was like uh, I think last podcast we talked about big tech getting grilled at Congress for for being uh, monopolies, and and this is the main issue with Apple is they're taking thirty percent. It is probably too high. Then again, I I understand like Apple's point of view. Like Epic did violate the contract. Yeah, yeah, um, of course they, you violate the contract. You violate the contract, but still a fuckload of money. Yeah, and and Epic's kind of kind of in a bind here. Like they. They kind of have to be on, on both these app stores. Like, you're pretty much fucked if you're not. And it also affects a ton of, like, smaller... Oh, I thought I was going to burp. A, a ton of smaller um, gaming companies that use the Unreal Engine for their games um, or for future games. So it will have, like, trickle-down effects. And it will also affect Apple. Like, I'm, I'm assuming, like, Fortnite... I guess you play on uh, iOS now, too. I, I didn't didn't even know that, but... I'm assuming that's going to affect their games going forward too. So interesting to see who blinks first. I think it'll probably be Epic. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, Apple exercising their power. Like, this is the agreement you signed. It's a dog shit, like, agreement for you guys, but you got to follow it. And if not, you're gone. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's not beef. So Apple and Google don't have beef. The beef is between Epic Games and Apple. Where's yeah, it's Google's main, beef? No, no, no. It's mainly between Epic and Apple, but uh, mm. Google also kicked it off. Um, okay. Uh, in return, like Google Play or whatever, the, the Android game store. Yeah. Um, but but the main one was with, with Apple and Epic. I think a- Epic's lawsuit is specific to Apple, but I could be wrong on that one. So I guess you could say Apple and Google are kind of uh, teammates in this, but teammate. My quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And the, uh, I guess, more retail world, 7-Eleven is huge acquisition of Speedway, $21 billion. Um, yo, I didn't realize that 7-Eleven was a Japanese company or a Japanese-owned company. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I thought they were, like, based in Texas or something. But uh, yeah, they're they're acquiring all the uh, Speedway. It's pretty much like uh, you know convenience stores. Not sure if they're acquiring like the gas station part too, 
but it'll increase their footing in North America from like 9,700 7-Elevens to about 14,000. Um, so pretty big increase. I mean, it's for 21 billion. That's a pretty penny, but 7-Eleven is one of the largest retailers in the world. Um, I'm used to live off 7-Eleven when I first moved to Toronto. Not proud of that, but I'm a big fan. And, uh, it's interesting. They're, they're actually, especially with COVID going on, I was reading they're they're, uh, taking a lot of measures to, to kind of increase like curbside pickups, experimenting with cashierless stores, stuff like that. Um, sort of like Amazon go grocery stores, but, they're, uh, yeah. they're very like, they're, I, I guess like, I don't know what the word, like innovative. Um, like you go into a Seven Eleven, and it's unlike any grocery store, like any, uh, sorry, convenience store you'll go to. So crisp, so clean. The fridges are immaculate. Everything's stacked. Everything's like to the T organized and measured. Um, it's just, I, I love going in there. Um, and then now it's like you, you go in and you start seeing like all this food there and now they're actually offering healthier options, which is, I guess, big part of a bigger convenience store push for, for healthier on the go options and actually like challenging some restaurants and other food service. Like it's not for me. Like I can't go grab like one of those like small salads and sandwiches and, and, and be full. But you know, if you're a smaller person, like I can see how that would work out. It's not, it's not more unhealthy than a lot of other options that are out there for sure yeah i don't um, know like hmm. i yeah i wouldn't uh be grabbing a tuna tuna salad sandwich from 7-eleven that's you know i, I wouldn't trust uh, trust that but, but i can't say that i haven't and i can't say that i didn't enjoy it either so well i mean here's the thing what do you think are some of the most overrated and un- like what are your favorite and least favorite 7-eleven items because um like, you know, some know of them about, are pretty gross. Like, I don't know about least favorite. Like, I never buy, like, a muffin from, like, those fucking places. Like, they're dry as fuck. But, that being said, I think that, first and foremost, um, what are they called? Uh, not slushies, but slurpees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had, like, this, like, orange crush slurpee. It was both fizzy and icy at the same time. Uh, magic in my mouth. Let me yeah. tell you. It's fantastic. So that's underrated num- item number one. And number two, they have these like, like, you know, you go, there's like, okay, they have the pizza and then they have those little like taquitos. I was going like, to say, man, the taquitos around. are not but, bad. Some of them. But not the taquitos, man. I love the buffalo chicken, like yeah. sausage stick crispy thing. But that's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's my jam. So those are good. I love that shit. Oh, man. I think that taquitos, like certain flavors are better than others but i on the whole i think they're pretty decent like for a 7-eleven food the pizza like i used to get full pizzas from 7-eleven they're freaking gross man like it's cafeteria pizza frozen pizza it's what it is that's the not low like i can make better pizza at home half drunk but i will say one uh, a while ago i was in tampa for a football game i was like heading back to my airbnb like pretty shit like these shit faced and uh, there was nothing really, like, open, but I walked past, like, a 7-Eleven, and I was like, yo, two slices of pizza and three chicken buffalo sausage things with a little dipping sauce. Ah, perfect. Just mm. what I needed. Just what the doctor wanted. <laughs> I also love their big gulp uh, drinks. You get, like, a huge cup for $1 of any soft drink you want. Uh, I used to love those. Go, th- go get one hungover for a buck. Mm. Just chug a Coke. Oh, but 
Another underrated 7-Eleven item, and I know you're going to agree with me, because I think you have in the past. I love the 7-Eleven lighters. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's got to be I always get one. them when I go. Like, yeah. they're just, like, they're slim but tall. Like, they're not the big ones. They're not the small ones. Love them. The, the thing with 7-Eleven, too, just before you close up, um, <laughs> they always get me, like, you walk in and, you know, great marketing. They have these huge signs, like, Gatorade three for four bucks or something it's, yeah. it's never one right it's like two or three and, and i always i always bite the bullet i have to do it i'm like fuck if they're three for this i might as well get three gatorades at this point yeah it's just an investment you know <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> oh yeah so yeah it, it, also it's, this was like a few weeks ago but it's still ongoing um there's been kind of uh, cold war 2.0 moving forward um, we have Trump banning TikTok or planning to ban TikTok in the States. He also banned WeChat, which is a very popular Chinese social media kind of mixed with some e-commerce um, backed by Tencent, run by Pony Ma, who's a friggin' AMOG. And um, yeah, like the big news right now is is TikTok is kind of in some talks to sell its U.S. operations, maybe ca- uh, Canadian operations, Australian Microsoft's kind of seen as the front runner. This week, there's some buzz that Oracle is trying to buy it, which which is a little odd to me. There's some Twitter chatter, which really doesn't make sense. Um, I'll ca- kind of run through the three of them. Like, first of all, Twitter, I don't really see it because right now TikTok's valued like like a decent amount higher than Twitter. It would be like a huge buyout for them. I think a smaller company buying a bigger company is just like a mistake. Like you have to issue so much debt and overextend yourself. Um, so I don't think Twitter is really a realistic option. Oracle is just kind of weird. Like they're trying to pump up their cloud business in that now, but like, it's just never what they've done. Like they, they're, they're like the guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy to quote Vince Vaughn and uh, swingers. And, uh, you know, Layer's getting all. I just don't see uh, Oracle being a viable option. Microsoft does make the most sense. They own LinkedIn. They got a ton of cash. They could just buy it with cash on their balance sheet. I don't. And they can also, like, flip all of TikTok's um, cloud commitments to Azure, probably save some money that way. The weird thing, though, is, like, Trump wants, like, a, a, a piece to go to the U.S. government, which is just ridiculous. So, um, yeah. And it, all, all this based on... The fact that it's like it's a harm to uh, American, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Social or security? But like that's all speculation. So he yeah, wants so an American yeah. company to own it so that they don't sell the user data to the Chinese uh, government, elsewhere, especially China. Which yeah, is, because again, TikTok's parent company is uh, ByteDance, which is a China-run company. I'm worried about, uh, and then that's the same thing behind the WeChat ban in mm-hmm. uh, the u.s and and in terms of like wechat for 10 cent and the band in the u.s like it's like maybe like three percent of their revenue like most people using wechat are in china um, or or speaking or, to people in china yeah so the people using it here are usually like exchange students or people who come here from from china uh, to north america mm-hmm. and they want to communicate with people back at home and like when you really think about it like i see a lot of people like trump's crazy why is he banning this stuff like I don't think people realize what's banned in China. Like, there's oh, no yeah. Instagram there. There's no Twitter. I don't even think TikTok is allowed in China. 
Like everything is super. No, it's not. It's a different company. It's or it's a it's under a different name. Yeah. It's like China does all this stuff already to American companies. So I don't think it's that ridiculous. I really no. don't. I think the like, the argument is do we want to be like that? Is I think the argument, but yeah, yeah I, no, mean, I, I Canada's just chilling, right? Canada's in, <laughs> they don't give a fuck right now. We watch Hawking in Canada, it's still sponsored by Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gotta pay for Ron McLean's sweet house in Oakville. But um yeah, it's it'll be interesting, man, because it's gonna be a big fat purchase and then like I don't know if I've ever like really seen this. Nothing comes to mind where a company just sells like its U.S. operations to a certain company. Like, how would that work structurally that? in the parent yeah. company? Does like let's say Microsoft just buys its North American operations or, or something? Like, do they have like a certain amount of voting power in the parent company over like operations and stuff like that? I feel like Microsoft. Yeah, I feel like a, a company would much rather just buy it outright, but. ByteDance probably doesn't want to sell it. I mean, this thing is is hot. It's hot. Oh yeah, people love that TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's brewing in uh, Cold War 2.0. So uh, yeah, I, I hope we get a buyer, man, just to get some some juicy news. Yeah. Uh, another big unicorn is uh, actually just recently after market close today filed confidentially their IPO, which makes me think that their financials are a little more scary than I'd like it to be. But uh, shout out to Adam Legoo, who uh, used to work there and uh, came on and gave us a, a little bit of a rundown of the business. But Airbnb is planning an IPO despite the pandemic kind of crushing their business in the last quarter. Boy, hold um, on. What's confidential? confidential i what is that i think like just the the s1 um their initial filing documents with their financials and everything they're not made public yet and they won't be until like right before okay all right Makes sense. and uh yeah it's airbnb like i don't want to say it's uber and lyft with how much money they bleed it's definitely not we work but it's not like a, a friendly business model like it's Extremely capital intensive, low margins, great bit, great product. Obviously, uh, thanks for the bachelor party, Airbnb. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not gonna pass too much judgment until I, I read through the S1. But I, I'm I know from just reading around on the internet that's a pretty big money guzzling company. How do and, they? What uh, do they? What do they spend capital on? Like lawyer fees. <laughs> okay, makes sense. <laughs> No, I mean, like, what's what's the cut they take? I, I don't know off the top of my head, right? Can't be big. Yeah, it's like Uber, right? They're 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 taking a small cut off of everything. They're running this massive app, and it's not like they own real estate, right? Right, 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 right. But yeah, like I know, depending on where you live, too. I think Airbnb, like, like in Quebec right now, like everyone's Airbnb is like, like the one of the Airbnbs canceled on us. So we had to get another one. Bro, it was fucking hard to find an Airbnb. There was like one mm -hmm. left because every, like it's literally all anyone can do is travel within where they live. You know, like you travel Quebec, you travel Canada, but like it's not like anyone's like flying to the U.S. right now. So like, probably get some good hotel rates now. Yeah, I just think like uh, 
So like the valuation, it was once valued at $35 billion. They're looking at $18 billion now. That's a little bit of a red flag. The valuation's been cut in half. And, and obviously, I think their, what their revenue dip was like 60%. That seems too high. It was like 40% down in the last quarter. So it, it's a tough time for them. And, and they've been planning this for a while. It's been on the shelf. Um, but given the... Uh, the crazy market behavior now they figure it might be a decent time to go public but uh, this is a huge unicorn like everyone knows about it and uh, it's gonna have like a, a ton of press and a ton of attention i think i really think like the financials are not are not good like that is why they're delaying this thing it makes sense yeah but when we get the s1 we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more but they're they're gonna go ipo unless something like WeWork happens and uh, they just get shredded. Take it downtown. <laughs> um, do you want to go quick, quick hitter, one more quick hitter before the main segment? You want to talk about Google? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Google uh, took a stake in uh, security company ADT. If you haven't heard of ADT, go for a walk around your neighborhood. I guarantee <laughs> you one of your neighbors will have a sign up that said this house is ADT uh, protected. protected. It's like home surveillance. Yeah. Uh, Google had uh, acquired Nest a few years ago, which was like kind of uh, smart home, you know, like smart doorbells and everything like that. So just kind of integrating uh, with their like goal of building out a smart, smart home and uh, working with ADT on that home security, which... I think it's very interesting. Like Google has all these really interesting other bets. None of them have really like financially come through. But uh, this is like one thing I, I I don't know like the economics of a smart home and like if it'll be beneficiary. But I definitely think in the future like or like it's it's going to be like a pretty big pretty big like segment and uh, like most homes will be like that. Yeah, especially imagine you're just working from home. More people working from home. You know, you want to make yourself a delicious lunch. You just say, yo, turn on the oven. Fucking 425. Oh, 425, set off the fire alarm. <laughs> God damn. Bro, you got to get it crispy on the outside, moist on the inside. You need that 425. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just quickly again, Amazon's actually in talk with Simon's Property Group, which is a huge um, mall. They, they own a bunch of like real estate, like malls. They're, they're a REIT. Um, Amazon's in talks with them to convert some of the uh, old like bankrupt locations in those malls to fulfillment centers. Shout out Sears and JCPenney. Um, so scooping up some trash for, on, on the cheap, converting them into uh, fulfillment centers for last last mile delivery, stuff like that. So that's pretty interesting. Amazon just demand through the roof with the pandemic and everything like mm -hmm. like they needed any more help. I got us. I went to. I did a sporkle quiz today, and you know they ask you like like it's like before you access this access this quiz, like answer a question, and it was like, will your Amazon after the pandemic, will your Amazon shopping go up or down, or like stay the same? And I was like, eh, I don't really like. I, I, still, the only stuff I buy on Amazon is the stupid shit, like my fanny pack, which huge, <laughs> huge, huge push for fanny pack. I think. If you're looking for something to carry your stuff while you party, fanny pack's the way to go, ladies and gents. 
It was a sweet fanny pack. And when is Sporkle IPOing, man? I didn't even know that thing still existed. What's going well, on? Sparkle's the shit, man. Get on. Do they have ads on their site? Like, how do they make money? I think I think through those those questions, right? Uh-huh. It's like you have what? to answer. Like, it's like that, that question. Like, I had to answer a survey. Oh. And it was like, it, that was what it was. It was a survey asking me, like, will my Amazon spending go up, down, or stay the same after the pandemic? So I'm sure they take that data and send it to Amazon. Right, right, right. I was wondering if they have, like, a premium, like, subscription model now or something. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me given everything. Yeah. And then uh, before we get to the main segment, I think we'll push this back to the next podcast. But uh, I think we like I do want to d- dive deeper into NVIDIA, NVIDIA, um, which is a huge chip company, GPUs, um, amazing data center products now too, gaming. Uh, I just think it's pretty much inevitable that that this will be the first semiconductor company to become a trillion dollar company. Uh, Jensen Huang, just such a boss of a CEO. I mean, this guy just always wears this sweet leather jacket. It's a beautiful leather jacket. He was giving like a presentation a while ago and introducing the new GPU chips or data centers. He's like pulled it out of his oven at home. This guy's just a boss, man. And like they're just yeah it's it's really like what intel should have been and could have been but this is going to be a reality and yeah so i, I do want to give it some props and, and deep dive a little more uh, especially with the uh, rumored to be buying arm the um kind of the ip for uh semiconductor and chips which uh we know apple is using for its new uh cpu chips and in its macbook and that so I do want to give it some props and uh, mention it in the next podcast because it's it's a pretty amazing company. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let me take a sip of my beer. Mm. About to yeah. drop some knowledge. Yeah. So the main segment today is um, I, I did a little bit of research on these electric vehicle or fuel cell electric vehicle companies and the euphoria scene in the stock market with all these companies and how it's very comparable with some differences to the um, pot stock bubble which we saw was it two years ago now probably two years ago now Um, because what we're seeing with a lot of these new ev companies like i think four of them have uh IPO via special purpose acquisition vehicle in the last month and they're just taking advantage of the massive euphoria in the markets to uh, get some easy capital. I'm not saying it's wrong or them. I think it's fine. But I think people need to understand that these are at this point like very speculative and very risky investments. And uh, this isn't me saying like they're all going to fail or, or, or be crap. It's just saying like you, you have to be careful and there's probably in all likelihood going to be a better time to get into these things. So what are some differences between the pot industry and the uh, electric vehicle industry? Sounds a little ridiculous, but but on the whole, like the pot industry was a new market um, legalization in Canada and like certain states legalizing it. So you had like government restrictions and, and tough to really operate freely. Whereas these electric vehicle companies, the startups, they are kind of getting encouraged by government. There's a lot of future like green initiatives to reduce carbon emissions and stuff like that. So they definitely have an edge in that way. 
um, where they don't have an edge is the amount of capital it takes to really start up one of these companies and, and keep it going for the long term. I mean, not uh, weed companies are pretty capital intensive, more than you'd think to uh, have these massive field of dreams uh, growing at various parts throughout the country. But like when you're building a manufacturing facility and stuff, like there's so much money. Like we've seen Tesla burn through like $15 billion just to, just to make it really. Um, also, these pot companies, when once legalization hit, man, there was really like it was it was open game. Like there wasn't any existing competitors in the space, whereas a lot of these new startup whether they're fuel cell, electric vehicle, which by the way, when I say fuel cell, it means that they're using hydrogen fuel cells as well as batteries to power these cars. Uh, but yeah, they, these these new companies have to compete with also the, not only Tesla, but the legacy automakers, which are pouring a ton of money like GM and Ford and, and, and uh, Toyota with the hydrogen uh, into kind of converting into these types of companies. So there, there's a lot of competition there. Some similarities is you're seeing a rush to the public markets with companies that just aren't ready to go public. Like a lot of these companies have no revenue. They have no sales. It, it's a business plan. Like we could go on paint and, and make make a cool looking electric vehicle and like go public, probably raise $2 billion. Investors are just pouring money into it. They, they don't understand the risk with it. And that's what happened with pod stocks. Like these things had no revenue and people are just bidding up these companies before they had any idea which ones had any likelihood to succeed. There's really no clarity on them. There's business plans. And you saw it in these pod companies like Tilray. If anyone remembers Tilray stock, it's about, what's it, like $7 a share now. It's valued at $900 million. I mean, this thing ballooned up to $200 a share within the first month of trading. It's like $25 billion market cap. CEO going on CNN saying they're C CNBC saying they're going to be a hundred billion dollar company, and the thing is just absolutely tanked. They had barely no revenue. People didn't realize the amount of risks that were associated with this thing. Uh, same with Aurora Cannabis, which which I th is one of the like more stable, I guess, like looked upon pod companies. They recently did a twelve for one reverse stock split, and with that factored in, we saw a high of one hundred thirty bucks a share. Thing was worth like eighteen billion. Now we're looking at $10 a share and $1 billion. Even Canopy Growth, which which had the huge investment from Constellation Brands, uh, shout out Snoop Dogg, uh, that's ballooned down to, that's popped to $16 a share uh, valuations cut in a, in a quarter. So we saw this with, with weed companies. They spiked tremendously. Investors went all in thinking um, this could be the next alcohol, stuff like that. And I think a lot of these companies still have a lot of promise, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. And this is exactly what we're seeing now with these electric vehicles or, or fuel cell electric vehicles. And and honestly, it starts with, with Tesla's success. Uh, investors are looking at Tesla and how expensive it is and how much the stock is appreciated. And they think these other startups can be exactly like Tesla and they can make a ton of money on their investments. Like they don't realize Tesla almost went bankrupt like three, four times and almost failed. And this was like them being a first mover, them having amazing consumer products, them a great having leader like Elon. Yeah. Uh, an enigmatic and uh, slightly controversial le leader, some amazing talent. Mm hmm. 
we've seen Neo, which is a Chinese company, and they they do sell vehicles now. That's that's probably the one I think is second most legit to this. They have some some nice uh, electric vehicles. We've seen Neo in the last six months go from two and a half billion dollar company to sixteen billion dollar company. Really, nothing's really changed. Like they're selling more vehicles, but that's anticipated. Like that these are going to sell more vehicles. There's a company Fisker doing a SPAC. Uh, going public like this company has declared bankruptcy in the past I've been I remember following this thing since 2016 like they have great products like they show a prototype it's dope as hell like it's one thing to show a prototype it's another thing to like mass manufacture it without problems and push it out um you know I (laughs) I already gave my rant on Nikola like I I I don't want to be too harsh but like a 16 billion market cap despite never selling a product it's it's crazy to be that high without selling a single product. And you can be as enamored as you want with the technology and what they're hyping up. But to get that ahead of yourself on an investment is, is just ill-suited in my opinion. Yeah, something could, lo- be, something could be a fantastic idea, work, be super environmentally friendly, but making sure the demand is there and then like actually being able to deliver and handling all the operations, the after service, like – all that takes a lot, a lot of, of right moves and, and no mistakes to happen. So, yeah, it's a fucking huge risk. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion in, in the last month that I've probably been too pessimistic on a lot of these startup companies, not not just in this space. And, and Peloton is like the example I'll keep giving. I was, oh, it's a bike with, with an iPad, but like what it really is. It's like an amazing product that has uh, a subscription model with recurring revenue that people absolutely love. And and that's something to be optimistic about. It's it's not worth like trying to plug numbers into to my Excel model and like bash against the company. I'm not saying like these companies won't succeed long term and there won't be like higher stocks 20 years down the road. I'm just saying like to, to pour to value them at this high right now, it, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to come crashing down at some point. Um, you're just paying a huge premium for something that has massive, massive execution risks. Like building a car or a truck, especially that runs on hydrogen or batteries, is... Is, is really freaking hard, man. <laughs> like, it, it's really hard to run an auto company. I think most of them have declared bankruptcy throughout the years and had to restructure. GM did it recently in, in 2008. And then it's not a new market either. Like, you have to compete with GM, who, who, who has a ton of talent and is putting a ton of resources into electric vehicles. You have to compete with, with Toyota, which not only makes the best-selling car in the world in the Corolla, but... Uh, has a ton of capital and, and has been exploring hydrogen for, for many years. You have to compete with like the Fords and, and the Fiat Chryslers and, and the uh, Hondas and the Hyundais. I get it. There's a ton of government incentives and green incentive, incentives for the future. And I think it's great that there's a ton of interest and money being deployed into this category. I just think the market is just getting way ahead of itself. And you're pretty much throwing darts at a dartboard right now, thinking which one of these things will become massive and potentially become the next Tesla. And I think 
thinking like that is just a faulty way of investing. And like we, we've been uh, sucking Tesla's dick for like three years on this podcast. Like it's to me, that's like such a unique company. And it's I don't think there really will be another Tesla like these. It's like one of the best consumer products of all time, in my opinion. It's like an Apple almost in a way or an Amazon and chasing the next Amazon or the next Apple. It's just it's kind of unrealistic. So while, you know, I, I hope a lot of them do succeed. I'm not hoping for them to fail whatsoever. I would love for, you know, uh, sustainable, renewable energy to become um, 100% of the market in the future. I just think there's a ton of execution risk that investors aren't factoring in and uh, that need to be factored in. And nothing, and, and also like GM is considering spinning off its EV business into a separate company in the stock market. And I guarantee you, if they do that, that will absolutely, like GM plus GM EV, whatever that stock is, will equal a higher market value than just GM altogether. Because investors will play, pay a massive premium for it. And yeah, it's, 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 it's just, it's a reach at this point in time. That makes sense. And yeah, uh, yeah you know, you people, you got to understand the risk and uh, associated with uh, with your investment. And you know, a, a good long term investor is going to go with something that's a bit more a uh, bit more guaranteed. Someone who's uh, who's been proven. Yeah, and and by the way, like uh, circling back to Tesla and like Dave, what were they like trading at two hundred thirty a share in September, and now we're at nineteen hundred. They've they've added almost three hundred billion in in uh, nine months in market value. Like I got pom poms on my hands cheering for Tesla, but that's 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 ridiculous. Like, even that even, it, even <laughs> Elon Musk said it was ridiculous. Yeah, he says a lot of ridiculous stuff. shit though. Yeah, so it, it's clearly like a little bit of a mini bubble, and we saw this with blockchain too, like a few years ago. Any company announcing they're they're getting into blockchain is rallying. I mean, Kodak did that three years ago. Now they're now they're in the COVID game. They're the they're the kings at that. So, like, I think you could just wait for better entry points with these if you if you want to be speculative and, and put a little bit of money into them. But on the whole, like, these are extremely risky investments that are really based on more hype right now than than actual um, execution. But by the way, also too, Apple hit two trillion dollars today, which is which I just saw seems all crazy. over the news. <laughs> Because wasn't it like a few months ago that they were like, oh, first trillion dollar company? I think it was a year or two ago. We, we had like a little bet on the show and, and we were thinking which company would be the first to a trillion. I lost and, that. And now, That's- and now we're at uh, now we're at two trillion, which like obviously like it's going to be faster for them to add the second trillion in, in uh, market value than the first trillion. But that was like, really like, yeah. And, and it's not like their like their sales are flat. Like, it's not like their sales, it's good for pandemic, don't get me wrong, but it's not like they've like completely changed the game in a certain way. Right. Yeah. It's fucking hard to double your valuation in, in a year, even if you're a small fucking startup, let alone a, a well-established behemoth. Yeah. In this market, it doesn't seem that hard though, right? Does it? Right. Nope. Yeah. But. 
By the way, I don't. Are you, are you done that segment? Because I got a quick little correction. For, yeah, yeah, for all, all our listeners, because we we don't like to give you guys wrong information here at the Business Boys. We like to be accurate. Um, so the the largest bear is is actually the polar bear, um, but it's a it's a close call. Apparently, it's generally considered the largest bear on Earth. A close second is the brown bear, specifically the Kodiak bear. It's a the Kodiak bear is a uh, subspecies of brown bear native to Alaska. So there you have it, folks. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Ever since I watched that documentary on the uh, the Arctic, I've been uh, and see the uh, polar bears kind of like have no food, no no game to hunt. It's you know I try to avoid bears. It's just depressing for me. Yeah. 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 Beautiful animals though. I know. Yeah, I, I'm done, man. Like, uh, I don't know, that liter of beer, it hit me. I'm a little buzzed. Yeah, I had a guru before, and then my my tequila spruzer. I'm uh, going to take, a, take a, a little run to the little boy's room, you know? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Thank you, Landshark, for this delicious beer, though. I'm pumped to try one. Can bring it to yeah. the wedding. Oh, yeah. Fuck, maybe at the wedding we can get a good picture together, you and I. I we've I I still don't have one for like the last ten years, man. We need one. Put it up on Instagram. Let the people let the people know what studs we are. You know, man. I, I <laughs> get a little bit yeah, professional. I, we got uh, we got to take get, advantage get the of nice professional photographer. On. Yeah, matching suits. Uh, if we are don't you, get it, then we're never gonna get it. Are you gonna shave for the wedding? This is uh, nothing to do with the podcast, but I was just wondering what the. Uh, like are we going? Are we going clean shaven? Like a little little baby succulent Fuck, lamb? Or bro, what? I haven't gotten clean shaven in in eons. <laughs> Ro- Rose has never seen me in a Rose has never seen me clean shave. I'm not. I'm not about to bust that out. No, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna keep my look. Gonna buzz fresh buzz. You know, clean up around. You know, keep the little longness on the chin. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. but I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. Sh- you know, shave, clean shave on the little scruff on the neck and the little cheekbones, you know. I'm pumped to pick up my uh, tailored suit on Saturday. By the way, this guy tailoring it, like he could have been just writing down like random numbers on on what he was charging me. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's a lot, but whatever. I have oh, no shit. idea what's appropriate prices. Yeah. Got to Google that beforehand. Mm. Do a little but, price shopping. You got to shop hey. around, folks. You can't put a price on looking good, you know. No, you can't. But you can compare it to other places <laughs> that make you look good. Maybe, maybe we'll do a little, a little how to purchase, negotiating a deal, doing a little bit of that with the with the wedding venues. Now, gotta gotta put it in. Maybe we'll do a little segment on on squeezing the deal. I was uh, just one last thing. I was I was getting my suit, and uh, I picked out the suit at at a very affordable. You know, I'm not. I'm not spending a lot of money on a suit, a reasonably affordable uh, place to buy a suit. And there was a kind of a uh, smaller retailer next door. So I said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check out that store, see if they have any deals. I walk into the store and the cheapest suit was like 1500 bucks. And <laughs> I could not get the hell out of there fast enough. Like it, it, this is why I like to shop online. So awkward. The guy's like, you need help. You need help. He showed me, showed me a suit. I suit. I see the price tag. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to look around myself and slowly look around and just end up making a beeline for the exit. And get the hell out of there. <laughs> Shopping nice. in shorts and flip flops. That's it, man. That's it. 
All right, man. That's it for me. I'm out of here. Fuck. Same. All right, cool. So from all of us here at The Business Boys, thanks for tuning in to episode 64. We always appreciate your time. Hope you enjoyed it and, and learned a thing or two. You know, it's all about learning. So uh, thanks again, and we'll check you later. Peace out.